A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds, and while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. Episode 17 of Confessions of a Marketer is Music to My Ears. It's about why CMOs should listen to their creative teams. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back. We have Alex Withers, CMO of InMotion Now, a firm that provides workflow management for marketing and creative teams. And he believes that his CMO colleagues should listen to their creatives more. We'll get to the great chat in just a moment. We're recording episodes faster than ever. In the next few weeks, we'll have Easy Cater CMO David Meiselman on to chat about MarTech, Professor Bob McCullough on to chat about the next generation of marketers, and I've also got discussions about the psychology of marketing, data in marketing, and VCs in marketing in the works. Should be fun. On to today's episode. We recorded it a short time ago. It's March 7th, 2018. I recorded it just about an hour ago. I wanted to package it up and get it to you as quickly as possible. So why should CMOs listen to creatives? Well, let's ask Alex Withers. Alex Withers, it's good to have you on Confessions of a Marketer. Welcome. Thanks, Mark. Pleasure to be here. So most CMOs align with sales, product, or other functions, but you assert that aligning with creative makes more sense. Why is that? I think the challenge is, and it's an important point to note, that it's not an either-or. We've just, as CMOs, got better over the last 10 years aligning with our sales partners because there's a, a, an incredible amount of pressure for a CMO to be credible and successful in their role and that they need to align with revenue and be more data-driven. So being a better partner to sales enables them to be a more credible partner at the strategic table. The challenge is that that only covers one angle of their world, and CMOs consider themselves to be, quite rightly, for a lot of reasons, core at the strategic center of any organizational conversation. And if you want to do that, you've got to look in multiple directions. And I think that too often in the last few years, CMOs look to the kind of lower down the funnel to the revenue end of the business, as opposed to looking up the funnel to how they can build a brand. For example, being data-driven and aligning with sales might buy you credibility. Being more product-driven is what we're trained to do as marketers, because that means we have a customer-first mentality. 
But creativity and cut through and awareness and brand equity and all the things that are core to the marketing trade are being left behind a little bit. And I think it's time that we can't afford to not pay attention to the relationship with sales. But we have to go back to our core trade of how do we create and sustain amazing brands through creativity. So are there particular skills in the creative area that you found have been really valuable to the CMO? Yeah, I mean, I think that the creative um, is more pure in their role. It's interesting. We've been working with the IBM Design Think team, and I did a keynote speech in Austin a few months ago at a fulcrum exchange event of design leaders. And it was a great day because after all the content, we got to um, go around the, the IBM Design Studios. And interestingly, they don't even allow the word creative to be tagged to anyone's job title because it insinuates that everyone else is not creative. Right. And I think that it's really important for us all to remember that we have to be creative through the organization, but strong creativity from the traditional creative team allows you to do a few things very well. It gets you better ROI on every dollar spent. There is no doubt that if you don't allow quality to suffer and you hold quality in high regard in your marketing machine, that you'll get better open rates, better click-through rates, better engagement rates, better spontaneous awareness scores. You'll be able to punch above your budget weight. So one of the things we're very proud of when we go to some of the big trade shows in the creative world is I know my team and our creativity will mean that every dollar we spend on that event as a lead sponsor will generate more booth traffic and more ROI than any other vendor at the show because we put so much attention on creativity. So, you know, the skills are um, driving more ROI for the same dollar spent, um, improving time to market because they understand the brand. If the creatives get the brand and they do because they live it every day, then they can turn work around faster without letting quality suffer and they maintain brand consistency. And brand is a key CMO responsibility. And one of the things I found is that some of the strongest advocates for the brand are in the creative area. They're, they're usually more attuned to the brand and they're better brand guardians sometimes than brand managers. Why do you think that is? Well, we mentioned earlier the purity of the creative role, the whole idea and notion of a guardian, right? Let's look at it as a parent, right? They are less in the moment they are more consistent and more mature in how they approach things around the brand. Um, I'm not going to tell you that the bending to revenue is the dark side of the force because that would make me not a good CMO. And <laughs> um, my CEO would agree with that. It's all about revenue at the end of the day and the bottom line. But as marketers, we can be tempted sometimes to grab hold of the latest technology, the latest outlet, and be inconsistent in our brand because as a one-off, it will generate better cut-through. It will generate more engagement. It will generate better results. But when you stitch together 20 of those isolated moments, and all of a sudden you don't have a brand, and the sum of the parts does not equal uh, the whole. And, and so I think it's very important that we, as marketers, don't get tempted to sacrifice brand quality and creative quality just for unrelated quick wins. And, and creative teams are, are have a, a, a greater purpose. And sometimes that can seem too up in the clouds. But as CMOs, I think it's very important that we listen to and respect that opinion um, because they're the ones who will uh, 
be stronger, consistent guardians of the brand. COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at vitalant.org. You could help save lives. Right. And I've seen in doing visual identity projects, I've presented to CMOs and a couple of them say, well, I'm not really creative, so I, I don't really know what I like. And then you bring them into the process, they become a creative. It's a, an interesting transformation when they realize that everybody has that gene. It just may not be that developed. Yeah, I love that and totally agree. And as marketers, you know, we, we went into this trade. I mean, there's lots of different ways to arrive in any trade, right? But uh, I, I came straight from college. I did uh, marketing and business school, specialized in marketing, and went to the Pepsi graduate program. So I am about as core a kind of marketer and pure in my career as it gets. I've always been a passionate marketer. And one of the reasons is I love brands and brands thrive in creativity. So it's not like we're disconnected from the creative world. There's just this pressure to be more data-driven running more through through Microsoft Excel and PowerPoint than we are through Adobe Creative Cloud. Right. And I think we've got to remind ourselves that we do have that creative gene through different solutions. And of course, you know, with us, we, we have a workflow solution. You allow marketers and creators to be more collaborative together. And that collaboration and wisdom of crowds can create better results. So, you know, there is an inherent creative gene as you say, however undeveloped or dormant it might be, because you may have had it, but we've just been trained to suppress it in the, in the, in the face of Excel spreadsheets. Right. So we need to re-engage with, uh, with our creative partners. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting thing, that it is a partnership. It's a collaboration. And I know in my career, that's when it gets fun, is when there's a collaboration. It's not just uh, the creative team coming in to present an idea to kind of a stone-faced group of executives, that they are part of the presentation as well. That's right. And a partnership, you know, we spend so much time as CMOs working on the SLA, the, you know, the service level agreement with sales on how do we hand off a lead? What is a marketing qualified lead? What is a sales qualified lead? And what is that, that very strict um, handshake we have with sales? Well, I would suggest that we need to have just as strong and a respected handshake with our creative partners. If we as marketers aren't going to spend the time to brief them effectively, how do we expect great work to come out of that amazing machine? Um, if we don't collaborate better with them on feedback and give them feedback they can action versus frustrating feedback that's not specific, um, how do we expect them to, to uh, refine and get campaigns out to market? So we do need to focus on that partnership with creative. It is a partnership. You'll see a lot more creative teams moving away from creative services. You know, it's not a, a service. All right. And, and to a degree, you know, you see this battle between are they in-house agencies or not in-house agencies. Um, I think they, they truly are business partners and they sit in the core process of the business just as strongly as marketing, product marketing, sales, product teams, 
uh, you name it, they're an important part of the jigsaw. Right. So you've obviously done a lot of thinking about this. So what are a few lessons you've learned as a CMO that you think other marketers should take to heart? I think that we need to um, do a better job of understanding our creative teams and partners. I think too often we can treat them as just an agency and then that can unravel pretty quickly into they're just a vendor. I've never seen strong work come out of a client vendor relationship. I've seen strong work come out of a client partner relationship. And I was taught that right from the start when I went to work for the Financial Times and my CMO at the time was a ex-Guinness guy, and he had a very collaborative approach to agency management and used them as a, a true extension of the team. So you want to make sure you're spending time with the creative team, understanding their world, understanding their process, just like you do with any other department. You can't go, nor would you as a CMO, dare to walk over to the sales team and go, will you just close more business? You're not going to walk up to your sales development team and say, I just need you guys to make, make more calls. I want 100 calls today. That's not inspirational. It's probably not the right idea. You need to focus on the desired outputs versus the inputs. Don't just tell the creative team, guys, you've got to be quicker. You're taking too long on this. You told me you'd have it by tomorrow, and, and, uh, and I don't have it yet. You've got to really focus on the outputs you're looking for, which is great work, which requires a respected process. And it requires a collaborative partnership. So invest the time to understand their world, just as you would go on sales calls and go to sales meetings to understand their world. Well, this has been inspirational, Alex. Thanks for being a guest here on Confessions of a Marketer. No, it's a pleasure. It's a great show. I, I'm really thrilled to be here. Um, it's a really fun topic, one that I could wax lyrical on for a long time. So thank you for hearing me. And uh, you know, as, as all, for all my CMO peers out there, let's make this the year where we build stronger ties to our creative partners. Wonderful. Thanks, Alex. Thank you. I really want to thank Alex for being a guest, a great distillation of the value of creatives to the CMO. So spread the word. Coming up over the next several weeks, we'll have Easy Cater CMO David Meiselman on to chat about MarTech, Professor Bob McCullough on to chat about the next generation of marketers, and I've also got great discussions about the psychology of marketing, data in marketing, and VCs and marketing, all in the weeks ahead. So stay tuned. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer was written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Reed Edwards Global Inc. And this episode is copyright 2018. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.